0: Ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, all engine running, liftoff, we have a liftoff, 32 minutes past the hour, liftoff on Apollo 11. Episode 115 or 116, I mean, who's counting? I don't know. Why, do we, why do we even still do that? They're clearly going to see what episode is when they click to hit hey play. Hey guys,
1: Harry Doyle here! <laughs>
0: Friends of the Feather. Friends of the Feather. Sons here. of Geronimo.
1: In search of the... they, He says, like, they they take their TPs in search of a... New reservation
0: or something. I don't, I, know. I
1: don't know. That's a Major League reference, everybody. Welcome to the program. Bet you weren't expecting that when you clicked onto this.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, somebody said something about podcasts and how they're all terrible. Like, all podcasts are terrible, and they all have their moments of just pure insanity and uh this is that case this is just yeah. this is stupid like what are we talking about major league why why are we count episodes no no look
1: okay so you you count episodes so that way the that way the listeners like wow i've listened to 115 episodes of this crap of this raving nonsense and then the major league reference is like have you ever had that feeling maybe this is just me you've had that feeling where you go into a movie and the movie starts and it's not what you conceptualize the movie actually starting out as and you're like wait is this the right movie
0: I, I guess. So
1: if you ever go to a movie and the movie starts off and it's not like okay if you go and see like like a Marvel film and it starts off not like any other Marvel film you're like wait is this the right movie oh so
0: like if you go to see James Bond and it, and it starts off as some animated musical number yeah and you're like, like wait what isn't,
1: is this this isn't what the-. that's the Major League reference yeah They're you're, like, you're wait, expecting to see ter- James
0: Bond and then, and then Big Bird comes out like, what, wait, exactly what is this uh, this isn't right by the way if you haven't seen No Time to Die fantastic film yeah it was good I liked it a brilliant film I really really enjoyed it. I'm not gonna we're not gonna Spoil it if you haven't seen it already, but um great story. The acting was brilliant. The story was awesome. The uh, I love the characters. I love Daniel Craig as uh Bond. I think he's been one one of probably probably the top three. I think that's I the time. second
1: best of all time.
0: So he goes like Connery, and then maybe Roger Moore. And I think then, he's better than Roger Moore. You think so? I think he's better than Roger. Even Moore. though Roger Moore made what what seven I or think eight. He movies? has the most
1: films under his belt. Yeah.
0: He has almost nine movies. But if I think. you
1: look at it this way, okay, so if you were to ask someone who the who their the most memorable ones are, it's right? got to be Sean Connery. Well, no, 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 no. Most memorable films. Oh, The yeah. most memorable films. Uh, Goldfinger is the best one. Like without a doubt, Goldfinger is the best Gold one.
0: Goldfinger.
1: Can anybody really name the ones that that Sir Roger Moore did? If you asked, like, I don't know, I, I wouldn't say normies, but people who do watch, like, I can't name a, a lot of the Roger Moore. films. I can films. think of about three. But I'm saying those, and you think about the the big ones. Yeah, like yeah. the big Bond films. It's Goldfinger, Doctor No, Doctor No, with love. Golden Eye Golden with Pierce Bronson, yeah. Skyfall, Casino Royale. Those are the big ones, right? That everybody knows. Um, they feel like, hey, let's go watch a Bond film. Like, okay, we watching Goldfinger. Like, like that's the one that everyone yeah. compares to is Goldfinger because it's the best one. Um, no, I I I I really enjoyed it too. Um,
0: I, I watched one with uh, I think Timothy Dalton did one in. It's in Her Majesty's Service. I can't remember. the exact... No, no, that's
1: the one that the one that it's not Timothy Dalton. No, it's, it's, um... it's the uh, there's a there, there's a guy that only did one film and it was yeah. so bad. But that he it
0: wasn't did it was it wasn't the guy who only did one film. It was uh, it was a different one, and oh, it, was it, it? it was a lesser known Bond. And I thought this actually wasn't that bad. It was early seventies. It, it it wasn't it wasn't like good like a, a connery or pierce or a craig film was but it was okay
1: well pierce bronson had golden eye and that was about it let's yeah. just be honest the rest of the the rest of the tomorrow
0: never dies wasn't terrible
1: it wasn't good now, All the daniel now, but... craig films like okay quantum of solace is the, it was okay is, was okay but i think quantum of solace is better than tomorrow never dies
0: maybe i don't know maybe
1: but no, seriously, I really did enjoy the film. Um, I knew this was going to be Daniel Craig's last film. He's already said so. I kind of had that going into it. They were going to kind of try to t- tie things up nicely, and I think they did a good job. Yeah, if, I, if, I really if you did. think
0: about it, though, the the villains that Bond faced in the, in the Craig era films, I think, were better. Like you had Hans, not Hans Landa, but you had Christopher Waltz, who was one yeah, of the Christoph villains. Waltz. Yeah, he was. Um, well, I mean, anything then, that he does. Yeah, and I think those were just better villains because they were just I don't know.
1: There's... Well, Lashif and then the guy from Skyfall were both fantastic villains. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Dominic Green from Quantum of Solace was kind of weak, but I mean, whatever... was that
0: the guy that had the slick back hair? He
1: no 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 that was Lashif. So Lashif Casino Casina he's in Casino Royale. Yeah, he's he did all those great scenes in when they when they played the high the the no limits high stakes poker game. But anything that Christoph Waltz is, yeah. is in is fantastic. he's yeah one of the most overlooked actors and whenever whenever i'm asked about favorite actor i'm like it's christoph waltz like he's the best simply
0: well it's kind of like you see the it's like it's the the series is about to do a whole new reboot because q uh uh, what's her name um money penny no not money penny um judy dench She's out now.
1: Well, she, well, she left in uh, Skyfall.
0: Right, But because the, they started re- starting to do a whole new relaunch. Well, yeah. So, Judy Dench is out. The, the original Q, he's been out for a while. A while now, yeah, um, Money Penny, she's been out for a while. So it's a, And there's a new Bond, so it's a whole new relaunch. And so, I'm hoping with the new relaunch, they don't go woke. Because if you watch, if you pay attention to the story of what he does at the end of the movie, it's a very uh, counterculture nowadays as to what men are supposed to do, right? He uh, he sacrifices himself to save the world. If he ha- well, Whatever, spoiler movie. Who, who right? You don't see that in many other movies or TV shows now. So are they going to shift and do something different?
1: I don't think anybody would actually watch it. Yeah. I think Bond is... James Bond, the character, is the last remnant of the old chauvinistic... Um, character type, not no,
0: chauvinist but masculine.
1: Okay, okay, there, there, there we go. Ma- yeah. Sorry, sorry. Rugged masculinity. He's he's the last one, and then he's not the same character as um, the Sean Connery or the Roger Moore, where they were the more womanizer types. they, they have they have that straight a, straight away from that from that character element, but. They're not going to be able to do a woke Bond. No one's going to watch it. It's going to be completely counter to the entire character. Yes, you can have a more updated Daniel Craig version. It still stay true to the character. I don't think there's anything wrong if you were to go back and look at the Ian Fleming uh, novels. I don't think there's anything contradicting. Yeah. Just, just from my knowledge of them, maybe. Um, that w- that would that would you know, uh, take t- take the character in the wrong direction. But you're not going to have a a woke. Uh, bond it's impossible yeah it, it's completely antithetical to the entire uh movement of 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 um um wokeism yeah it, it's not and gonna happen
0: i thought how the the uh the bad guy and how the uh the thing that he was trying to stop kind of mirrors what's actually happening in reality now with covid and where covid came from um uh, i don't know if you caught that or not
1: no that that's one theory on why the film got delayed you think so? Yeah, that's a theory going around that because the the weapon is a type of virus. Yeah, that's transmitted. They well, think about it. This is supposed to come out octo, April right. twenty, whatever that weekend, with that last weekend in April is supposed to be the come. The film was supposed to be released, and that was the height of all the lockdowns and everything. Mm, yeah, um, so there there was no way they were going to release a but film the, about a virus. But
0: the way the virus worked was completely different from COVID. It wasn't even similar. But the way how it. Uh, came out is very similar but
1: you still had a transmissible yeah yeah i know but um, the whole
0: thing was completely gen- engineered uh to attack certain individuals not just the the public at mass but anyway um enough about james bond we spent 10 minutes on james bond
1: um, <laughs> james bond
0: no i love I, I i loved the movie i thought it was fantastic um i thought you know there wasn't as much like Focus on, like, you know, Bond's gadgets or the cars or anything like that as in past movies because it was more about uh, – it was more of the story of wrapping up of, of, of his, his uh, reign as Bond uh, more than anything, all, all that kind of stuff, which I thought was, you know, was I, was I feel
1: – I'm not going to spoil the way they ended it's it, touching. but I feel that the way they ended the film – was so radically different because they've never ended a film like that. They never treated a character right. like that in their last film. And it, I think it's a testament to how beloved this this character really was. And he, I think he was the most beloved Bond since since Connery or maybe since Moore because there, there, was, there was really no other person besides um, Connery. Whenever the whenever the films trilogy, the film series sort of came out, it was just Connery, mm-hmm. and then Roger Moore came slowly after, and he was also beloved. I think this is the most. Like I said on Twitter, when I went and saw this film, I think that his five films, twenty years from now, as long as we're not,
0: we'll be we looking at the same way as, as a Connery long, film. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. I, yeah. I think they'll hold up. I, I think that don't get me wrong. Connery made some stingers as well. I yeah. mean, I mean, I mean, Octopussy is not a good film. Okay? That wasn't. Um, <laughs> that's not a good film.
0: Uh, that wasn't uh, Sean Connery though, was it? That yeah, wasn't that? It was it was Roger Moore. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure.
1: I'm gonna.
0: I'm pretty sure, Jacob. I I'm not an expert on James Bond, but I do know <laughs> stall stall. It's loading. <laughs> I do know a few things about this. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that's Roger Moore. I'm like I, I I'll put I'll put an ounce of silver on it before you find it.
1: Okay, maybe you are right. You want you want to put an ounce? No, of silver I'm not it. putting an ounce of silver on this. Hold on. No, diamonds are you. okay. No, he didn't do it. Diamonds are forever. Doctor, Doctor no. no. Okay, You this, only live twice. Okay, I don't trust this list because it has Goldfinger at number four. So we're not we're not going. <laughs>
0: Thunderball there. wasn't bad either. Yeah, um, but what I'm
1: saying though is that uh, even Connery had some stinkers. So uh, I I do think that given the age, I mean, the obviously these films are over 50 years old, but. Fifteen twenty years from now, as long as we have not completely uh, sanitized all fo- all of those type of films and that type of character, they'll be looked at the yeah with the same kind of remembrance and like nostalgia as the as the Connery. And I'm not saying they'll be the same, but they'll have that same yeah. Like oh, that was a I- you you went saw Skyfall. It's a great film, dude. Yeah,
0: or you have it on DVD. Let's watch. it. Or Blu-ray? Who has DVD anymore? I know. I, I, whenever I think of DVD or I think of Blu-rays, I always just go to DVD because.
1: Well, it's the it's like saying, that's like saying, um, go, go to Google it or go YouTube it.
0: Yeah, I, I guess so.
1: Or why don't you? Why don't you Skype me? But but well, but they don't some, actually
0: Skype. Well, okay. So I think it's pretty well known that he dies at the end of the movie. I think we all know that, right? And um, somebody we went and saw the movie with was like. Wait, did he really have to kill him? I said, "What's he gonna do? Go to the villages to live out the rest of his life?" I don't think that's gonna happen. James
1: Bond Seven: The Villages Edition.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's playing. He's playing golf, in in South Florida in the Villages. Yeah, that's, that's
1: getting not fat
0: happen. and in sit. You know, sitting in the pool in the afternoon. No, nobody I don't think wants gonna, to watch that. Nobody wants to see that. Uh, <laughs> certainly, I certainly don't. Anyway, yeah.
1: enough about uh, James Bond. Enough about James Bond? Well, uh, as we said last episode that we were going to um we were going to have some recap of the weekend and those of you who followed my twitter and follow me on social media i did i I posted um some photos and some things about it um i did kind of well yes we know you don't have social media because you're not cool with the times joe yeah you're not cool but no, um, for those who didn't listen to the the, the podcast, we're probably going to title this like Tom Woods 2003 Cap or whatever, because this is what the main show is going to be about. We went to Orlando for Tom Woods' 2000 episode, which was he made a big, he had a giant, giant deal about it. And those of you who are like, who's Tom Woods? would Stop, click, click, <coughs> click, pause and go go over to the Tom Woods show and start listening. Um, cause at this point, I don't think if, if you're not listening to that podcast, you really should, because if you want to actually learn something and you not just
0: information,
1: <laughs> well, i I'm, I will say though, Tom's not going to do any major league references. So if, if, if you like those, <laughs> leave a comment, you might get
0: a, You might get a Simpsons reference. If but you not you a like, major league.
1: if you like the major league references, leave a comment saying, Hey, Jacob, do more. And I'll, I'll work them in. <laughs> yeah, we will, we will
0: oblige you I'll
1: oblige those. But, but no, we had a fantastic uh, uh, weekend and relaxing, and Florida is a wonderful place to go visit. It, the, the weather was pretty – I mean, okay. for considering on what – look, for what October can be in Florida, it where true. it can be – Look, uh, Florida is so weird how it can be hotter than Hades during the day, and then once the sun goes down, get a little chilly. Mainly because um, – it's mainly because you're wearing shorts – and then once the sun goes down, it hits below sixty or something, and you're like, "Well, this is a little cold. Maybe not for you, but you know." I'm uh, always hot, so you know, you know, you know so us cold-blooded um, freaks out here, we you get, get a cold, yeah, get a little cold. But no, what was your? Well, I, I did you have a good time? The
0: hotel that we stayed at was fabulous. Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, I don't think I'd ever stayed at a hotel that nice in a long time. Um, Maybe since Vegas. Yeah, probably since Vegas. Um, Although the hotel we stayed at Vegas, I don't think was anywhere near as nice as this one we stayed at. Uh, We got a a pretty awesome deal. Had a view and everything. Yeah, Uh, which was funny because the start of our trip was kind of a a downer because uh, no
1: no pun intended.
0: Yeah, it kind of kind of kind of flatlined because we get about I want you say about maybe ten or fifteen minutes down the road. And my yeah. we took my car so because we always go in Jacob's car, but I got a new car, and we thought, okay, we can go in, We'll go in my car. So just, just
1: keep the miles because I've gone to Florida in that car so many times, right? So. And
0: my car has like I don't know, like not half even, the miles. not even a third of the miles yeah. that you do. And so we get in my car, and we're we're got about ten or fifteen minutes down the road, and I noticed that my car keeps pulling to the left. And I thought, okay, well, maybe it's the road, so I changed lanes, still pulling to the left. And then I, then I noticed that the uh, check. Te- the air pressure in my tire light came on, and I clicked over to it, and it said that my driver's side tire was at seven psi. Which is... Lo and behold, we get off the we get off the interstate, and it's it's flat. So we tried to change the tire, but who the the yoder whoever reinstalled who put the tires on before, uh, didn't use a torque wrench, and it was literally impossible to get them to move. So they
1: used freaking NASCAR a little. Yeah, you know, like the impact wrenches. So like. so we
0: just filled up as much as we can. We finally get home. We switch cars. We we're, we we get down there what, about an hour later than we wanted to, but yeah. it doesn't matter because it's a nice hotel. It's Florida, right? We get to the hotel. We unpack. We go to eat at the Edison uh, at Disney Springs, which is a muy muy, muy fantastico uh, place down there in in um, Florida.
1: Yeah, um, I mean that's a and that's the reason why we left early is because yeah. I was like, well, you know, we'll have three hours head headway, so that way we're not having to feel like we're racing down
0: yeah it was great we sat we ate we we, we were merry um i went over to the uh you did your shopping thing because you like to do the shopping and
1: well it's disney springs like i've got to see what they have yeah they, they i look i'm not i was not impressed by what they had for the 50th anniversary for disney because it was
0: all picked clean
1: no 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 it, it was all full like just whatever whatever so they're doing multiple collections as the Throughout, throughout the 50th anniversary, they're doing, like, a thing every quarter or whatever of just new merchandise. But who would want
0: that? Why would you say, oh, I got the 50th anniversary. It came out, I don't know, 50 days later. Well, they're doing a
1: whole year-long celebration.
0: But wouldn't you want the actual day of, not the, this was day 67. No, 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 no
1: it's, it's not that. So they're doing, like, an anniversary stuff to celebrate. So whenever Disney does a, a milestone anniversary, whether it's the 50th, 60th, whatever. They have an entire year-long celebration. It's usually, where they, they they introduce new rides. New attractions and new restaurants, and then they usually have merch to signify the event.
0: Right, because you've already spent a, a crap ton of money just to get in here, and now you're spending even more money. Well, of course, on you your give... on your 50th anniversary, the, the they ran out of ideas by the time they got to the end of the month. So it's basically just the it's the Cinderella's castle with a cake on it that just has a slapped you know duct tape to a 50th anniversary well, on the t shirt. Well,
1: well, duh. I mean, that's people just would buy live. that crap too, probably.
0: Yeah, Cinderella's castle as a cake.
1: But I was not really that impressed with everything, which was – I mean, I, I, I knew – like, I have so much Disney stuff as it is, so if I don't love it, I'm not going to buy it.
0: Yeah, but see, here's the difference, though, is that for someone like you who follows this stuff, who's into this stuff, it's a lot harder, I think, to impress someone like you than well, yeah. someone like me who who doesn't really care one way or the other what the T-shirt looks like. I'm not going to wear the T-shirt unless I'm here anyway. And so, I, so for me, it really doesn't – it's not that big of a deal for me. But for someone like you, it's completely different.
1: Well, as like I said, if I don't love it, I'm not going to buy it. Right. That's the, the, if I if, – like, I'm already justifying the, the cost of it, and I know it's going to be money. Plus, I don't have my annual pass right now, so I'm not going to get that yeah. discount. So, I'm But, but the schmucks coming
0: from Madagascar who've never been Disney before, I mean, they they see the duct tape 50th anniversary Cinderella ca- Castle cake t-shirt, and they think, oh, I'm probably I'm probably, <laughs> only going to be here once, is so, the, so <laughs> let, me get the, let me get the crappy is t-shirt.
1: Duct, is the image duct-taped to the t-shirt?
0: No, no, it's – so originally, you told me this, that – for the twenty fifth anniversary, they did the castle that made it look like a cake. Yeah, right? for the twenty fifth anniversary. Go
1: go. So no, because so because
0: nobody bought those t shirts, they just took a piece <laughs> of duct tape and put fiftieth over the twenty fifth and they say, yeah, people will buy this crap. What was
1: um who who does that? There's there's some people out there who do that for like birthday cards. Well, they'll like cross oh, out. Oh, that is beyond cheap. I I, I kind of love it though. Like they'll they'll buy a generic card and they'll say happy birthday.
0: Then they ask for it back.
1: Or they re gift it or like oh, okay. they just they take cards and they, they they just cross a happy birthday. So if it's a graduation, hap or, you know, happy graduation and then they'll get cross out their name and even write your name in. That is beyond cheap. I kinda like that though.
0: how much are cards? What like a couple dollars?
1: No, it's no it's it's tacky. And here's the thing, right? Okay, whenever Whenever no not not me, but I'm saying most people when, when they get a card, they're like, eh, they throw it away, right? I typically don't. I well, no, no I'm not I'm not saying I'm not yeah. saying us. I'm saying some people do that. Some people look at a card and say, Oh well that was thoughtful. I'm throwing this away. That's what some people are. But if you take a regift card, cross out what it was for and then write your and cross out your name and then write their name and what the and what this card is supposed to be for now, that's funny. That'll get a laugh out of somebody.
0: I wouldn't laugh. I'd say you're incredibly cheap, and I'd throw it back at but you. But you're
1: incredibly cheap, so you'd find that hilarious. But I'm not I'm not that cheap. But you would still f- – look, if someone were to get you – No, 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 okay, no, no, no. Hang, hang okay, on. on. So you're about to graduate. Hang on. No. <laughs> you have besmirched me. No. You have besmirched me. If listen. anyone in this room is cheap, <laughs> it is you, mister. I know, but listen, listen. You got the Jewish side of the family, not me. <laughs> listen, 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 okay? Just hush, just, 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 listen. You cannot tell me that – okay, you're about to graduate college, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot tell me that if on your, on your graduation party or whenever someone gives you a graduation card, that if there is happy birthday crossed out, happy anniversary crossed out, happy um, wedding day crossed out, happy um, birthday crossed out, and then it says happy graduation, Joe, you would not be like, that's pretty good.
0: No, it's like, what schmuck gave <laughs> me this? I said, "What the blankety blank blank?" No, I tear it up not. and I throw it out. No, you
1: would not. You would. You would. Laugh. I said, "This
0: person doesn't care enough to give me a car that hasn't been defiled by other, by other significant uh, <laughs> scenarios that are not. That's that's not mine." I'm
1: telling you, I know you too well. You would find that funny. You would, no? No. Listen. Okay. You would say everything you're saying right now, but then, but but then you would find the humor in it. And you would laugh. I'm telling you. No. That's what would happen.
0: That would not go on the mantle. It, it would... <laughs> not that I have a mantle.
1: The mantle. <laughs> Isn't that a... Is, is that from a movie or something? I think that's a... Um, um, anyways. Um, Florida. <laughs> so, you know that... that Alright, so remember that thing? Remember that Florida thing that's the title of this thing in the 2000 Tom Woods yeah, episode? Yeah, right, anyway.
0: So, we get to the hotel. <laughs> we're having a grand old time, right? So, th- th- it's that's Friday night. So, Friday night we hang out at Disney Springs. We have a grand old time. Um... Jacob goes does his shopping thing. I go to the Sosa Family Cigar Lounge. Shout out to the Sosa Family—they make great stuff. So Saturday rolls around. We go play Top Golf, and um, I hit the back net with a three wood, and Jacob can barely hit the uh, can barely get it halfway down the driving range with a five iron.
1: No, I had some good hits, dude. <laughs> Shut up. I'm just kidding. Hey, I can't drive the ball, but Neither, I get a five. I, I,
0: I cannot hit a driver either. So
1: I can't drive, but I got a bunch. Of, like, okay, so the the one game we played. So we're just a bunch of norms when it comes to top golf so we just play the one game where it just counts like points there's some games where it makes you like pick the targets yeah, Look, no. I'm barely just good enough to get it into any target let alone like yeah pick a target but with that one game that I played just with the five and seven iron killed you
0: well I wasn't going for points I know
1: what I'm saying though is that when I would just i i i I, I honed in a stroke. And I honed into where I went and hit the ball every time, and I and I basically did. See, I had like a hundred something points. That see one what, I, what I
0: like to do is I like to hit the sand wedge and see how high I can get it to go.
1: Ball just goes above the
0: yeah. So the ball goes like we we were on the second deck, so the ball goes over the third deck like seventy five feet in the air and then straight down. It only goes forward like I don't know fifty yards or something.
1: Did you did you see? Uh, I, I was going to um to to hit and then I saw. I look over – I'm looking down and get ready to line my shot up, and I see a club fly out from below <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> I have never had that happen How before. do you do
1: – like, okay, I'm afraid that, like, the day we went, it was kind of warm. It was a little hot, so your hands get sweaty and you're eating, you know, yeah. greasy hamburgers and french fries, so it's not exactly the best, most grippy material. And I I was afraid a few times I was going to let let the club go. It's going to fly like a Wii Sports style.
0: I think what happens is, is that when people think they have to grip much so much harder – than they should, yeah, and then when they actually you know release the club, then they're like, Oh, I can let go of I it can now. Let
1: go of the club now, yeah, because I've played in the rain,
0: you know, actually playing golf in the rain, and I've never had that happen to me.
1: No, I didn't have that happen whenever I, I mean, I had greasy hands and sweaty, and there's only sometimes you can dry your hands on your jeans, but I never had, I just, I just see a club just fly out, probably, yeah. probably what 15 yards, just those types of the- people
0: should not be playing.
1: It and I'm like, time. well, and it was a driver, too. I'm like, oh, my, how hard was that person swinging that club?
0: Yeah, they think – yeah. Anyway, so we do that, and then we go back to the hotel, um, and we get ready for the event. And so we are uh, we go to the reception for the event, and I, I was a little shocked at how many people were there. So the reception hall, how big was it? It was –
1: So I'm going to try to put this into terms of – so from what I understand and from the venues I've been – those kind of ballrooms are pretty standard. Okay. Like they, are kind of like that, just that just giant empty room. I mean, this was the, this was the size of a, of a, like a football a, field. I don't know. It was quite, I mean, maybe, maybe the main reception mm. hall, but there were, there had to be 600 people, 700 people. in Oh this yeah. Reception. Easily. I mean, it, it was wall to wall. We had a little corner that we stood in and kind of saw some people talk to some people when we were there Um you know, so no one recognized us because we're not, we're not, we're nobody. We're, we're, we're nobody, but I, I recognized a bunch of people there and had the opportunity to, you know, I, I, say a few words to them and just, you know, talk to them. But there was so many people in there. It was, gosh, it was a lot. Yeah. And it, it was awesome. Uh, there, was a, there was a, for those, you have to, it's hard to describe these kind of events and these kind of people because it, it, it truly is a big melting pot of different backgrounds and different um, upbringings. Yeah. It really is. You see, you see everyone who's wearing a clean cut tailored suit. The people in there wearing Hawaiian shirts and, and cargo drivers. Seriously, yeah, that really is the whole demographic. And you can tell who's wealthy, and you can tell who's not wealthy. You can tell who who who, who drove fifteen hours in a little beat up car, and those who flew first class. Uh, it really is a, an entire demographic of the a whole spectrum of people that were there, and it was awesome because I think it there's something. Uh, you unique to Tom's message and the overall liberty message. that I think really resonates with all types of different people.
0: Yeah, there are definitely some weirdos.
1: Well, yeah, because you're um,
0: there was a lady there that had a flat earther t shirt on, which I thought you would. T- I thought you two would get along great.
1: I was gonna. I thought about talking to her. I thought about talking about flat earth, but I didn't know if she was being explaining eclipse. <laughs> Explain a lunar eclipse. Yeah. Whenever you know the Earth and the 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 moon gets behind, or the, the sorry, the Earth gets in between the the sun and the moon. Explain that one. Yeah, I to how, does that did, how does that work? But anyway, yes. So so the re- so
0: we do the reception and Tom speaks for like what, maybe a minute and a half, just thanking everybody that for coming. Um. um I lost my, train. lost my train of thought.
1: Tom Tom spoke and just said, yeah. thank you guys for coming here. And he 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 said he was kind of overwhelmed, honestly, by all the I people was, that were there.
0: I, I still can't get over how many people were there. Um, and then we uh, then we ma- mosey on down through the uh, the doors and go through another set of doors into the main uh, ballroom. Which is huge. And there's probably, what, 2,000 chairs in there at least?
1: You know, so whenever we, 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 we walked by... The, the first set of doors because we were just kind of wandering and didn't have a lot to do. And I, I looked in and I saw only half of it. I, I saw only half and I thought that that was all it was going to be. And I was like, Dan, that's, that's a lot of chairs. You know that, you know how there was like three? No, I said, I said, man, Okay. I, I didn't cause, I don't, I don't swear on this show. This is a family show, Joe. You know how there was, um, three blocks and there was like, there, there were six blocks of chairs and then there was three rows across well, I only saw the first set of chairs. I, th- I thought that was it. Yeah. And then I walked in there, and they just kept going okay. and going, and the chairs just kept going and going. We got a uh, pretty decent seats. Um, those I think I posted a photo of. Yeah, maybe I posted one photo up on Twitter of everybody, uh, of the, the kind of the the feel. But we were we were right in the middle. Yeah. We right in the middle, probably twenty rows back. And uh, it, it, it let me tell you what that that was. That was the longest, most I haven't laughed that hard. I haven't done so many standing obations in so long. I have my my hands were hurt start were were like hurting. I, I stopped clapping at one point because I, I I was like whenever they'd bring somebody up, I was like, I gotta stand and clap now. Not that I was like mad about or anything but you know you do that 15 times because you're just so excited to see everybody so
0: okay so my hands started to hurt as soon as jeff dice was done introducing everyone so okay so so the host of the show was jeff dice who is our president of the mises institute our president uh he's a he was a he's a funny guy he but he has a very dry kind of sense of humor kind of comes off as a very intellectual kind of humor uh, I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. No, it
1: does. He's very, he's a very intelligent man. Yes. So that's Extra-
0: Well, I mean, if you're, if you're in charge of a, uh, institute that's, you know, based around economics, I mean, you kind of have to be a little like, you know, nerdy, I guess. Um, but he gets up there and he starts just roasting everyone. <laughs> he roasted Tom, he roasted, uh, Scott, he roasted Michael, um, uh, Michael Malise. Yeah. Michael Malise. Michael Malise. Ma- Malise. <laughs> uh, yeah. The great
1: outdoorsman. <laughs> the, the,
0: the great outdoorsman. The hunter and the fisher. The hunter and gatherer. <laughs> yeah, the, from Brooklyn. <laughs> um, But yeah, it was hilarious. So he was hilarious. And by the time he was done, I was tired of laughing, and my hands
1: were hurting. And we haven't got to the first guest yet. And
0: Tom hasn't even come on stage yeah. yet.
1: Yeah, Tom didn't come on stage yet, and... uh. Tom came out and said his thing, and that was awesome. Just, I mean, he, you could honestly tell that he was really, really blown Taking away aback. with the support because there was not – I mean, I, I saw pictures, and there were people that were getting up and going around pretty much the entire evening, but the place was packed. I think mean, he Absolutely. said 2,500 I mean, 2, people. I've been to concerts.
0: With less people. With
1: less people, like I, I, don't even think can the tabernacle even hold twenty five hundred people.
0: Mm, maybe I don't
1: think the tabernacle with hold, all can,
0: the balconies open. Maybe
1: maybe twenty five hundred people. Maybe that many people. But I, I look, I'm still to this day just blown away, and I'll get into my my thoughts when we when we finish kind of talking about the the events of the evening. But that 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 was just shock yeah. and just blown away. Was it? the the Tom came out and said his words and then I, the first like su- Tom had some surprise guests and the first one was fresh off his uh, murder in New the York. murder of New York City yeah. whenever he demolished that, Bill that Crystal. war-mongering, bloodthirsty Bill Crystal. Uh, Scott Horton came out and Yeah,
0: that, that I t- that took me by everybody
1: surprise. everybody stood up yeah. and started cheering and clapping cuz you know we have a few there's a few people in the the little weird movement that we're in that are like rock stars that are like yeah whenever you hear some guy's name you're like yeah so punk rock like you know that's how guys like you know uh eric july and michael malice and you're like yeah michael malice (laughs) and scott horton is definitely like in in that in that pantheon of people whenever you hear him you're like yeah scott like you gotta go against scott horton in the bait i'll When's the funeral, buddy boy? Because you know you're not gonna win this one. Well, see,
0: I I was I was debating on whether or not because I have two of his books that he's written. I was debating on whether or not if I should bring them with us. And I thought, yeah, you did. and I thought, oh, okay, I'll, you never know. You know, it's time, thing. You never know who's gonna show up. So I, they were sitting in the car, and when he came out, I was like, Jacob, give me the keys. I'm going to the car at intermission to get him signed. But yeah, that, was so, that was really cool.
1: Uh, yeah, you, you had 10 minutes because they ran very over time. Yeah. But you had 10 minutes of the intermission to go run out to your car and get back before the, the next started bit again. started. And I didn't dare move because uh, you weren't going to get your seats back if, if you moved. Cause yeah. They had us packed in there, pretty good. Not to Tom's fault or the. the I think that's just the, the venue. Hotel. The hotel just got to get a lot of people in that ballroom.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Scott spoke for a while. He was he wrote kind of roasted everybody, and he uh, he he was very much he was given a hero's welcome and a hero's thank you for yeah. that debate. Um, and then we got to talk to him after the whole deal, and I you know just you know he's he's exactly what I had thought he would be because. He uh, he's like this punk rock skater dude from Austin, Texas, and he looked just like yeah. it. He dressed just like it. He sounded just like it.
1: Walked out there in a hoodie and jeans.
0: Yeah, with, with the, everyone's with the wallet wearing, chain thing.
1: I mean, everyone besides Eric July, which Eric July you know is not gonna dress up like he wore a basketball jersey because like that's just Eric July. What well, did
0: a Michael Bolton? He was wearing a t-shirt. A Michael Bolton. Okay, you, yeah. okay,
1: you're right. Michael Michael Bolton just wore a t-shirt, but that's exactly what I thought he was gonna wear too. Yeah, it
0: just. Because that's how he. That's that's who jeans
1: he is. chain wallet and a and a hoodie in vans. Yeah, so that's, but now he was awesome. You get to talk to him for a little bit there at the end. Um, did you say anything really big to him whenever you got the book signed? Because I didn't talk I just, to you about that. I was that. just you
0: know I watched your debate and I thought it was awesome and thanks for stomping on his throat. Um, and he was like, thanks man, thanks man. But you know but the people like him are, are just they're they're not a nobody. But to the rest of the world, they kind of are nobody. Like nobody. I mean, if you were to go on on MSNBC and say so and so, you know, whatever. Like who? But to, in our little circle, they are kind of like you know, uh, you know, like the Gene Simmons, like the
1: rockstar, like yeah. like like the rockstar, like like what yeah. I said.
0: Yeah, there he's like the Gene Simmons of of uh, foreign policy. And um, but yeah, I talked to him for a little bit. I asked him about Waco and some other stuff because he uh, he's done a lot of work on that too. But then um Doc Dixon, uh, who who fooled Penn and Teller, he his um, m- magical magical things were magical s- Magitional. were so good that he fooled Penn and Teller, and Penn and Teller I, I guess are like really good magical magicians. I mean they're
1: the standard right I mean they're basically kinda of the standard for that. Yeah.
0: And yeah. um so he did some he did some magic and that that was pretty cool. Um
1: ah, I thought he I thought he did awesome. Yeah, they're that was really- cool.
0: He's also funny too, because he's like a comedian oh, slash ma- magical magician.
1: Yeah, he's hilarious. Every, I think that's all the what, jokes landed. I think that that's what made him really more effective than than just seeing a normal the magical, ma- normal magic. you know illusion is the fact that he's able to kind of commit. Because that's what separates him from comedians.
0: the guy from Harry Potter,
1: you know, magical me guy, for,
0: and then just regular you know whatever. Because he's we actually don't funny. bring
1: up that kind of sorcery on this podcast. This oh, is this shut isn't, up! This is not. A, we don't worship Satan on this podcast. Oh, no, shut up! So the Doc Dixon spoke, and then, um, they. I'm trying to think what happened. I'm trying to go in, in chronological, chronological order, order, but I'm not sure. I think we're off. Uh, Michael Bolton Camp and spoke. Those of you know who Michael Bolton is, the 10th, 20th Amendment. 20th Amendment. <laughs> you know, I wanted to tweet them at him, but I wanted to to, to, to when I did my little like bio thing on on because I, I post I, I I made a pretty big post afterwards all the photos of me meeting everybody and uh <laughs> i wanted to write my michael bolton the 20th amendment center but if you ever saw that i think if he's anything like if anything of anything like like malice he'd block me instantly yeah. so uh
0: you know what's funny though is that when i go to these things and because i i just know faces i'm like jacob you know who that is
1: like you know who that is
0: you see that guy you see that guy he spoke to this guy he spoke at this conference whatever and you were like well, i just know two or three people here <laughs> well
1: i knew other people like i knew folks from twitter that's where i kind of network with people on Yeah, see, i don't know that so guys like guys like a reed coverdale i had a chance to talk yeah i knew who that chance was to talk to him for a second yeah. uh super cool guy uh i want to talk to him more but he was busy with other people i i, I didn't look i i as somebody who's very reserved and very—I'm not say antisocial, but more oh, of, I of, an, of an introvert—I, I, I know people's time and people's space. So typically, when I meet somebody, I, I say what I'm gonna say. I thank them for whatever that they've done, and I, I give them their time and their space because I know how I would feel if somebody were to just chat my ear off and I have no idea this person is not not like out of guy, disrespect like
0: the guy who was in front of us when we went when you and I got the picture of Scott he read a speech to him to me that is incredibly weird
1: yeah to me that's weird that's so strange I've always said that if I ever meet if I ever meet like the biggest like I've always said if I if if I were to meet Getty Lee, Getty Lee or John Perchushi or like somebody or like Stephen Curtis Chapman like a big big music influence in my life. If I were to meet someone like that, I I would say my words. Understand there's people waiting behind me and then I this individual has to meet a lot of people and has to not act excited but has to be excited for every single person. This is
0: a photo up not a conversation.
1: Exactly. So uh, I say what I want to say, shake their hand, fist bump. His or her hand fist bump whatever. And I give them back their time because cause I'm, I'm on their time, on their borrowed time. That's just how I personally am. Now, if you want to have, like, a full conversation with someone and it's appropriate, go for it. I, I'm not saying you don't have to do that. But in the context of, like, this weekend, I'm very conscientious about about people's time and understanding that, like, like I'll talk about later. But when I met Michael Malice, I said my piece. I, I said thank you and, you know, everything about him. Because you know, malice is for me like he's my liberty hero. So I, I said what I wanted to say, shook his hand, got a picture, and I and I left him alone. Like, this I, is I why
0: I will never do like meet and greets for bands and stuff. Not because you don't want to meet your hero or anything, but to me, those situations are so incredibly awkward. Because nobody really wants to be here, right? The band doesn't want to be here, but this is something they do Not th- always. Th- to make extra money. It's something that they do.
1: Not always. Some bands and I've really want to meet been in,
0: I've been in these situations where... Where bands do meet and greets. I'm like, this is just friggin' weird.
1: But- and, that, and that's coming from our point of view, as we're more introverted people yes, who because are very what reserved. What happens
0: is, is the lady that was in front of you when you got your book signed by Malice, she was so worked up she oh, couldn't yeah. breathe and, and Michael was like, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be
1: okay? Shh, calm breathe, breathe, calm down. Breathe. To are me, you okay now? that is
0: so incredibly weird. Yeah, like Even if, if Neil Peart hadn't done and he were to walk in this room where Phil Mickelson were to walk in this room, I wouldn't come unglued. I wouldn't be hyperventilating. I'd be like, oh, hey, look, it's... So and so.
1: First of all, how'd you get in my house?
0: Yeah, how did you find? <laughs> how do you know where I live?
1: Um, we'll get we'll get all that out of the way, and then I'll tell you yeah. how much uh, you've meant to me in my life. Yeah. Free golf clubs? Yeah. How about it? So, um, so we had we had the opportunity to meet them, and um, crap, where was I at? I was talking about um, some of the surprise guests that were there. Um, Bolton was one of them. Not Bolton. Um, um, Scott. Scott Horton was one of them. And there's that guy who did that movie. About the housing crisis, yeah. I think his name is Jimmy Morris something Morrison, like something like I, I that. I thought that was. Just I follow a him on Twitter, so go, I think I follow him on Twitter. So if you go through my followers, you yeah. can find him. I mean, it was Jimmy something. I Forget his name. Yeah. But he was there. He's doing a new film that'll probably be really cool as well. I'll, I need to check out his one on the housing crisis. But I think the one guest that you you, you, can, you can you can chime in at this. The one guest that was the most um, that expelled the most emotion from oh, me. Yeah. 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 And the and caught me the most off guard was that of of um, Lynn Albrig. Now, if he doesn't know who know who she is, she's the mother of Ross Albrig, who is if you don't know who Ross is, is currently serving double um, life life sentences with plus forty something plus years, years yeah. um, for his role in the creation of the Silk Road. Those who don't know who the Silk Road is, I don't. I mean, I can explain it briefly. It was basically just a marketplace that you could um buy and sell anything that wasn't um damaging to a to a third party so there was no like cheese pizza there's no cp on there and there wasn't no stolen property no stolen property stuff like you that you couldn't fraud people yeah so it had to be a legitimate transaction but it was be- it was between two anonymous parties and as long as um both parties weren't harmed and as a third party wasn't harmed you could basically do whatever you wanted and you traded in Bitcoin, so you, you, it was very, very tough to, to you couldn't track it or to, trace to anything. Track this down, and it was and it was all decentralized with Bitcoin. Well, people took advantage of this and started selling uh, drugs, and of course, you know, you, you can't have that. Can't be having you know people buying dope on the internet. So he got this thing shut down, completely nonviolent. You know, completely nonviolent criminal. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't uh, didn't didn't kill anybody. And he's serving a sentence that's way longer than, like, a child predator or even a murderer yeah. uh, would have gotten in, in most circumstances. So she spoke. It opened up with – and if you have not heard this interview, I, I really encourage you first do research on him. And then there, he did an interview for the Bitcoin conference in 2020 where he spoke from prison. It's like a 30-minute phone call. And it, it's it's chilling. Uh, It really is chilling because he opens up with, you know, I've lost my freedoms. Uh, I built this platform for freedom and for liberty in a way to give a big middle finger to the state, basically. And here I am paying the consequences for it. And uh, she came out and kind of rallied everybody and kind of gave a little bit of an update because he's not allowed to really to speak out uh, much. Not much information about him gets out of the prison. So, course she has They're access to his lawyers
0: and stuff because they don't want to well
1: that know. and just because it's a maximum security security prison right. and they don't they don't allow them to just you know speak out all the time so she obviously gets more access because you know the relationship and all that but she kind of gave us reassured that he's okay he's he's staying in there f- you know mentally and physically he's okay and that he just she, she really just wants us to just keep keep fighting and just keep keep having people sign up for the and petition and it's like um, a half a million signatures. Yeah, it's got half a million right now. Yeah. I, I checked it the other day. I, I had to make sure that I signed up for because I have like sometimes the emails are weird if depending what you're signed in on Google. But it that, that that was there was a sense in the room where it was like it was sadness and anger and rage, but at the same time joy knowing that he's okay and knowing that there's a that, that, that you got to keep hope alive for him. Well, It's
0: also kind of a sober reminder because this is what we're up against too. Yeah, uh,
1: this is this is a guy who who. You know, it's non nonviolent, and, and I think completely... when she was
0: done, I think she probably got the biggest ovation of. No, anybody. she did. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, she got there She she stood there for a good minute or so. Yeah, um, and we just uh, it was, you know, once it's a special I moment. It, it really was, and I didn't have the chance to to talk to her because um, I I not I was trying to track down everybody after the event ended. Um, she was the one person I wish I could have had a conversation with and just try to reassure and say, hey, we're gonna. We're gonna do everything that that we can with 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 the podcasts, and with telling other people about the situation because you know they what's been done here is a complete injustice. It needs to be solved. It needs to be remedied. And the day that he's released, there's gonna be a celebration. Uh, I don't know when that will or if it'll happen, but if it does, there's gonna be you know.
0: Well, I mean, like, like Jeff Dice said when after she left the stage, he said all it would have taken is for Trump to put his name on a few pieces of paper, and it would have all been over. Sign
1: a form or, or make a phone call. And yeah.
0: That's it. And then the most pushback he would have gotten is from some drug warriors for about a couple hours, and it'd be over.
1: Well, that and he's – he was already leaving office, so what's the worst he's going to do yeah. is have some idiots on Twitter, which he's always, he always going to have. He's Twitter. Well he always was gonna have haters yeah. on Twitter so okay you gain you gain a thousand a thousand more haters on Twitter oh man that's that'll keep him up at night yeah really you know there was a there was a rumor that during his last his last when he lost the election that they basically came to him and said hey you you you're not you're gonna follow these guidelines on your way out. Yeah, or else whatever. Don't
0: deviate from what we're. Yeah, told. don't
1: deviate, or else bad things will happen. I wonder if like McConnell and all of them sat down and said, "Listen, you're not going to do anything crazy. You're not I touching Ross. You're not touching Snowden. You're going to leave Assange. Yeah, you're not going to drop anything. You're going to leave these people alone, and Chelsea we'll leave Manning. you alone." Yeah, maybe, so. but yeah, she was uh, incredible. And I, if I remember correctly, I will link down the interview that he did at at, at the Bitcoin conference because it's awesome. And he's been one of the biggest, and even people in the Bitcoin community know the injustice. And so it's it's they know not Ross, yeah. it's not just the Liberty movement, which yes, there's a lot of crossover between the two, but it's not just the Liberty movement that understands that what's been done to Ross is a complete injustice.
0: It's those Bitcoin weirdos too. You
1: get the Bitcoin autistics too. Yeah.
0: All right. So then, uh, so then there was that. Um, then there was the. Uh, so if you don't know, like the. Um, I guess like the inside, the in, like the, uh, the the inside jokes that are going around is that Tom doesn't like when people he doesn't he's not a big cargo shorts kind of guy doesn't he, like Hawaiian shirts. He also he also doesn't like Hawaiian shirts. He thinks they're tacky, and which you know people like me who happen to like Hawaiian shirts not as so much cargo shorts. But he he put this big thing out on, on the Tweety about it. And then I put he got a, he got ratioed and he got ratioed heck. hard, <laughs> and I put a picture of Tom Selleck out in those real short short, yep. uh, cargo shorts in the Hawaiian shirt from uh, Magnum PI, and I think that's the most that's the most likes I've ever gotten on the, on a picture. It was like some two hundred or whatever. But anyway, so he comes because last time at the thousandth episode, he and Eric July had a dad joke uh, competition. Who could tell the best dad jokes, and I think Eric won last time. I think.
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: But anyways, so Tom comes out in cargo shorts, a Hawaiian shirt, and then like those super tall white crew socks with with the, with the with the ugliest uh, um, uh, shoe, like the tennis Sandals. shoes, like, oh, yeah, yeah, tennis like tennis the tennis like, like the white like New Balance, just, or whatever, just to rub it in everybody's face. <laughs> I think.
1: Well, that I think it was strategy is to catch Eric off guard. Yeah. I think it was. The,
0: but that was great because he he can laugh at himself too,
1: yeah, and that's the sign of someone who can
0: the guy that's been to Harvard and a Yale can laugh at himself
1: that 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 was funny yeah. i i did did enjoy the uh the the dad joke and then they had the family feud, which the audio and video was not working so it wasn't yeah it was okay it, 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 but it was it was funny just seeing the answers and stuff and seeing uh, having all of them basically up there um and then at the finale of the show. <laughs> Which is almost poetic in a way, just like how how the ending of the show is. So Michael Malice comes out, who's of course is the big is the big one everyone's waiting for. He's he's the most he's the most popular one there. Like most people follow him on Twitter. He's the he's just the most well known grouper. And so of course he's going to speak. Well, and last. He
0: has been and Tom and he have been pushing the special guest that yes. he was going to bring. And so th- that was the big tension at the end. Tom was like, he you know. Malice isn't coming out to the very end with his special guest.
1: Yeah, so and he 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 comes out and says his little things and says his nice thing to Tom and and says all that and how now uh, Malice used to be Tom used to be bigger than more more popular than Malice and now Malice is way more popular than Tom, which is just funny that he's like he's like Come speak at my event or whatever, <laughs> but he brings out his special guest and it's this it's this puppet but it's it's, it's the tom woods puppet and yeah. just dressed just like dummy him tom. yeah dummy tom and then he starts doing these jokes but because michael's not a ventriloquist he can't, he can't do like the little what, how, what do you what do you call it? It's The way that they use their that they they talk. Yeah. But you can't see it. Their they, lips move. Li- yeah. their lips don't move, but they're talking. So he puts on a mask, right? Which is just funny because it's, it's it's kind of a joke. It's a it's it's the joke. The joke is, hey, this is an anti-COVID super spreader, screw Dr. Fauci event. Okay, the roasted Dr. Fauci. Yes, yeah, so we roasted Dr. Fauci on this. This is the event. And if you've sat through the first four hours of the event, you know that going into this. And you know yeah. that if, if you have any idea who Michael Malice is or who Tom know, is, you know exactly their thoughts on the pandemic and the masks and everything like that the covid the vaccine so whenever michael put this mask on it's funny because it's ironic because everybody laughs. they because they know deep down inside that this is an act it's supposed to be for a comedic effect because oh it's like oh hey michael can't do the ventriloquist voice right or mouth right so he's, so he's going to wear a mask oh he hates masks that's funny yeah that's the joke they get it so he's doing the whole like little routine and, and the jokes are so cringy, but they're supposed to be. Like it's the whole idea. Though. They're funny, but they're cringy. And then I'd say about halfway through his little routine he's doing, there's this dude that starts walking um from one of the corners. And and so at first I was like this is a part of the show because everyone when they came on stage, there was no like backstage. They kinda just walked in front of the stage yeah. in front of the front of the um telepr- teleprompters, but the uh um, this the screens, and they walked in front and walked on the stage. So I'm like, okay, is this just the next guest, or is this some surprise person I don't know about? And he's sitting there, and he starts talking to My- Michael on the left side of the stage, holding the puppet. And and he's like, oh hi, you know, talking to the dude. And the dude's like, take your mask off, take your mask off. And this guy is blacked look, out drunk. This guy is gone. Like he is, he's what two, I'm trying to find the expression of, like, you're, like, two past something or whatever. But this this dude is gone. This guy is this guy is like Jim Leahy drunk right now. Yeah. For those of you who don't understand the reference, this guy is gone. If you were to push him over, he'd probably pass out and fall asleep. Yeah. Um. He You just tell the way he was slurring his speech is that this guy is so drunk. And he's like, take your mask off. And Michael's like, I'm not wearing a mask at referring to the puppet. And then he's like, you know – you know, are we gonna stand up for this? And this is not right. And this is tyranny right here. Completely missed the joke. And if anyone had, even if a normie went to this, sitting through that whole thing would have been like, yeah, this is clearly a joke. Like, it, 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 obviously. So this dude so is standing there in. I could tell immediately that it wasn't a part of the act. Whenever Tom looked at him, like, "Come on, dude, get away from the stage," and then you could see Malice's face was, "Oh crap, what, what is happening what right is now?" This guy, well, because here's the thing: there's no real security there, besides the hotel security. But, but. Whenever the dude is standing five feet away from you, well,
0: yeah, but if he
1: is armed, that's th- there's no that's it. that's it, he's done. So you could see well, a little when bit I of say, concern. When I say
0: hotel security, there's probably, what, five or six guards the entire hotel or whatever.
1: So I'm not going to lie. I got a little bit nervous. I'm like, what is this dude doing? Is this guy going to do something violent? You could Stupid. tell that, well, this guy was not very smart, first of all, if he wanted to do something bad because – He's got guys like Eric July up in the front there. has got guys like Pete Quinones up there in the front. Who And then he had all these other guys, and they're within uh, you know, uh, 10 feet of him. So he's not going to do anything if he wanted to. But the little moment of panic there, like, something's about to go down here. Yeah. And so they start escorting him away, and this dude falls over on his own power. I think he – no, he got tackled. One of the guys tackled him to the ground, yeah, and it. he blacked out. He was gone. And they start dragging his butt away behind the stage. And then, as they dragged him away, Michael Malice is like, Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Smith. The whole place erupts the In theaters, lab. but because
0: he kind of looked like Dave from a, from a from a distance, from afar, and yeah. then
1: and then once once the jig was up and we knew this guy was a heckler and he was interrupting the stage, and Michael was like, "Boo him, <laughs> boo him!" <laughs> and then we all stood up and we're like, "Booing him." Well, and...
0: when, when when the when the one guy f- was trying to pull him away at the at first, he was like, oh, "Yeah, try to do this when Eric July's on stage."
1: <laughs> Eric Eric gonna beat the crap out of him.
0: But once but once the guy started to resist the people that were trying to drag him away, like there was like could,
1: five people, there was that...
0: like five or six people that kind of stood up and just made their way to the backstage just well to make if sure. we
1: were closer if we were like in that first three rows um because I'm a pretty because I'm I'm most taller than most people and I was definitely taller than this guy You're schmuck um you know I would have been probably one of the people that would have walked up and been like all right dude you you gotta go like sorry this is not not okay you know don't 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 interrupt an event man just just don't it's just stupid just don't do that so he gets dragged off and dragged off stage, uh, and and in the back. And apparently, he's sitting there like on the ground, like yelling. And this guy was completely just out of his mind. So then after that, Michael does his thing, and then the event kind of wraps up after that. And everyone comes on stage and does a little bow. And afterwards, we go and we get to meet. Um, got to meet Tom. Got pictures with. Oh, excuse me. Got pictures with Tom. Got to meet Eric July, who is just the. Uh, incredibly nice. And, um, I'm going to, whenever, when he's, he, if those know Eric July, he's in a band called backwards. And right now they're trying to release a new album and trying to go on tour, but he's made it very Pacific that he's not going to play venues. Yeah. Pacific specific. Yes. Okay. (laughs) He's he, he made it very clear that he's not going to play venues that require Uh, masks or vaccine cards or even like a negative test. He said, I'm not doing that. If if you're going to, it's like, no. So they're, they're not really able to tour right now because most places are requiring that in most major cities. They are. Yeah. So they're kind of on hold. He said, he said, the album's done. We're not going to release it. If we can't tour on it, it's just stupid. So I, but I told him, I said, hey, once this all clears up and you come to Atlanta, man, I'm going to rage front row. Get the Macho Man Randy Savage tank top, I told him. said, <laughs> so I'll do that, and then I'll get a Hawaiian shirt, and I'll be the front row raging. That's, that's cringy. And, oh, I know. it's the point. Uh, I got to meet Scott. Um, who else did we get a chance to? Malice. You oh, yeah. I, I, Malice? I said that. Yeah, yeah, I got to talk to a funny story about Michael Malice. Um, for those of you who know me personally know that I have, like, a white streak in my hair. It's pretty, pr- pretty, pretty prominent.
0: You can't miss it.
1: Yes, it's natural. So I I understand people ask it because it, it's a very it's just like hey that doesn't look natural. Yes, it's 100 percent natural. I do not dye my hair this way. Why would you? Well, it's it's, it's cool. People think it's cool, Jacob but Joe. It's cool. And um, those of you who've been watching Malice for a while know that he he dyed his hair about a year and a half ago. Whenever he was trying, whenever Tulsi Gabbard, he was trying to get Tulsi on the show. Tulsi has a white streak in her hair as well, and he. The first thing he said, is he's like, "Oh, what's your name?" And I said, "Jacob." And he's like, "Oh, nice hair," you know, <laughs> to give me the compliment of nice hair. And he, and he was being genuine about it. Um, I mean, he had you. There's a way. Whenever you see him talk, you can tell he's being snarky or being genuine. That was a genuine comment from him, and I said, "I said, I said, oh yeah, you know, you you had your hair very very similar." So when I said that, me not thinking about the, what I said. He, I, I think, whenever I said it, whenever he saw it, he made the connection about the way he, the way he had hit his hair in Tulsi. So, where's my copy of my book? It's a, it's over on my de- on my um um TV console. So, in the Anarchist Handbook, when he signed it, he wrote to Tulsi, "Stop stealing my look, Michael Malice." <laughs> didn't write Jacob. Didn't write "Here's to Liberty," or you know, you know, raise the black flag. He wrote, "Tulsi, stop stealing my look." <laughs> And I didn't realize it until I was in line to meet um, Eric July because they were right next to each other. And I was like, oh, my last time I'm going to look at it. And then I look at it, and I didn't recognize the name, but I said Tulsi. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and I love it. I love it because Michael claims to have um, founded the whole streak in the hair. And then, of course, he wore, like, like the white blazer that Tulsi w- would wear during some of the debates. So he wore that. I think it was on Dave Rubin or whatever. And he's like, he's like, oh no, oh no, I started this whole trend. Well, Michael, don't block me on Twitter, but I've been, you I've had this hair I've for, a, this hair for a while. No disrespect, and I'm not like being snarky. I'm just saying I've, uh, I, I was not trying. There's, there was no um, copyright infringement uh, <laughs> necess- um, needed. But no, he was uh, incredibly nice and just took the time to, uh, and he also insulted you, Joe, didn't he?
0: Yeah, because, um, <laughs> Your, you gave me your phone and um your phone had locked up and I couldn't get the camera to open because you can slide <laughs> up on it, and it took me like a solid twenty seconds to get the camera open. He was like, "Oh wow, yeah, you, you had one job." I was like,
1: and he you know, was like, like, and he was like, "Give me some other book to sign," which I get in his position because like if you were there, there was a mob of people that were trying to meet him and he couldn't even leave the stage. Like there were people just mobbing him, and that's why. That's why I didn't say a whole lot. I just – I said thank you. I said thank you for the compliments and um, that, and I, I, I wanted to give him his time because I knew that – I look, I can't imagine how stressful that is trying to be genuine. Like we said before, be genuine, try to talk to people, but at the same time, you have to get these books signed. Yeah. Like, you have to get these books because – or else you're going to be here all night. So I, I get it. I get it. Um, thanks for the signing the book, Malice. You're incredibly nice, and um, yeah. thanks for the comments on the hair. But kind of in closing after saying we met everybody, um, the event was incredibly well done. I I had the biggest sense of just joy and got kind of inspired that that hey you you're, you're, you're not you're not you're not alone in this in this fight. There's a lot of really good people out there. Um, Eric July and I think Tom Woods both retweeted my post that I put up and I got a bunch of new followers so I'm'm not, I'm not like, I don't care about the numbers of followers I've but I have people who are like-minded who are now connecting with me. And I think that's awesome. And that's basically the only reason why I have Twitter is still, it's like there's people that I can connect with and people that I can share ideas with. And that's basically the only reason why I have the stupid dumpster fire of a, of a social media site without it. There'd be no point for me to be on it, but it was good. It was good to see people. It was good to meet people and feel that you're not alone. Cause like where we live, there's a couple of people, like maybe five that I really, really know well that I have like that I talk to, you know, on a pretty regular basis about this kind of stuff. But other than that, there's really just not a whole lot. And it gives you gives you a good feeling that there was people from all fifty states that were there at the event. Some from some, some from Hawaii. There's a person from Hawaii who flew from Hawaii. Like, that's incredible to go to this event. It just it just makes me feel that it gave me a big white pill. Yeah. I agree. So, we were final. Were your thoughts on the event and kind of? Uh,
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. Um, you know, a lot of people had speculated what Malice's special guest was going to be, and I don't think it could have worked if like some people were were saying, "Oh, is it going to be Ron Paul? Is it going to be like Alex Jones? Is it going to be Joe Rogan or whatever?" I don't think it would have worked if it was them because what would they have done?
1: Well, the whole idea behind Joe Rogan is that M- Michael calls people the very failed, whatever, profession. Yeah, but w-
0: when they got on stage, though, what oh, no, they had done? So I think what his – because at first I was like, oh, wow, it's a puppet. Interesting. And I thought more about it. I'm like, yeah, there's – if he would have brought Alex Jones out, I mean, like
1: – What are you going to do? What are
0: they going to do? Like, gay frogs! I mean, turn the freaking frogs, Jerry! I mean, I
1: don't – No, I agree. Yeah. So. I, I, I agree. But overall, Maybe it was – Maybe if you brought out, like, Hans Hermann Hoppe. That would be have
0: been different. Um, but uh, I it was, it was it was a lot of fun. I had I don't think I've laughed that much in public in a, a long, long time. time. Uh, my hands hurt from clapping; they still hurt. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It uh, was very inspiring. Um, got to you know kind of put faces with names because sometimes you uh, if you just listen to a lot of podcasts, you don't see a lot of names, so to speak. Or even if you see people on the YouTubes or on the TVs or whatever. When you see them in person, they're completely different, right? So that's the first time you've ever seen Tom in person.
1: The first time I saw any of them in person. Right. Um, and any in, anybody like that I've seen in person it was the only yeah. time.
0: And so Michael Malice and Tom Woods are a good two feet shorter than you and I. Yes. Uh, which is which is kind of funny because these, these little, short little people. And then uh, then there's us, us, us you know giants
1: giants people. of giants of people
0: um but yeah it was um it, it, that, that kind of stuff and then uh like seeing um jeff dice who's someone that i greatly admire who i've read basically all his articles and i've watched all his speeches from from Mises, and it's great and then to see people like michael bolden who isn't as popular as uh, a lot of these other people but still he does a lot of good work with the 10th amendment center and he's yeah. he's great friends with tom and to see someone like uh like Mike Beharry, who also is also not very well known in the in the, uh even in our own little circles, but he he does a lot of work with uh at the 10th Amendment Center, and then someone like um David Gronkowski, um David uh, Gronkowski, who does a radio show in South Florida, and he has on Mises Institute people all the time, and then to see someone like uh, Tho Bishop,
1: or, yeah, Tho Bishop was cool to see, you. yeah, and it's just people I didn't have a chance chance to go talk to him, but yeah, it was cool to see yeah. him,
0: yeah. And then um, just people like that—people that you wouldn't normally, uh, it, it, you may see on on the YouTube or whatever. Or you listen to the podcast, but to actually put a face with a name and you see what they look like—it's you know, it's a it's it's a whole different thing. Yeah. It's kind of like the first time I saw Donald Trump in person. You think he, he's this fat guy, but you see him in person; he's actually kind hes actually quite slim.
1: Quite slim. Quite slim. That's good. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Get, putting people with faces and getting the chance to kind of meet people really. I wouldn't say recharged my liberty bag because like, they didn't need to be charged, but it kind of gives me more of a vigor behind me, and behind the message and the, the podcast, and to to finally meet people and and say the things that you want to say. This to say the thank you. I know that thank you is a very overused word sometimes, but it it really really means a lot. Like when I got to meet um um Sir Reed, Reed Coverdale, awesome guy. I've been following him for for a while, and to see the way that he's really exploded in the movement is awesome. I mean, he, the guy, the guy interviewed Peter Schiff of, of, you know, one of his bigger uh, interviews and it was awesome. And, you know, to get a guy like Peter, who's incredibly busy and incredibly important, important and hard to get. uh, It's awesome. It's a big deal. And I, I just, you know, you know, if I never speak to him again, that, you know, that, that'd be okay. But just to, just to have that interaction and just to put a name with the face and just say, you know, thank you. I think that, that that's awesome, and it gets yeah. to it gets it makes more personality when you interact with someone on Twitter, because because sometimes me and him will interact, and that that's awesome. Yeah, but I, I I would just the event was awesome, and I really needed a break from life and a break from work, and this was a nice chance to get away. We did Kennedy Space Center, which of course is incredible. And uh we did a lot of other things as well while we were in Orlando. It was it was a great trip yep. and I, I the only
0: person I wish I could have seen that wasn't there, I know he's got family stuff going on, but I wish Dave Smith could've been there. That would've been a that would have been a whew.
1: That's for three thousand man. Whew. Three thousand got for uh what what they happen every what three and a half years whatever. Yeah, so... if he hasn't
0: if he not had another kid at that point. We'll see. But, yeah, don't oof. you
1: be flaking on us now, Dave. You gotta Can get. Can you on.
0: imagine how much funnier that
1: night would have been if Dave if was there? You had Dave and you had uh, Michael. Michael Malice there. Yeah, that would have been grief.
0: Because <laughs> they were supposed to roast Dave Smith. Yes. And Michael was supposed to be part of the roasting oh, team. Oh man, that would good have been. Oh grief. gosh,
1: that would have been. Oh. <laughs> Gutbuster. That, gut that man. Michael Malice will roast people just like saying hello. Uh, it's incredible. Which, by the way, he was on Rogan recently. So, yeah. um, h- about halfway through that episode, that's good. Gosh, it's, it's so good. He's, so they're funny. both just so intellectually just giants in their, their craft and in their field that when they come together, it's like him and Lex. They're both just, it's, it's the best. Yeah. So. Well, let's give you the podcast, everybody. Um, this is a little bit of a later episode, but we came home Monday. Yesterday was a complete wreck for me. So, well, see,
0: what happened Monday or Tuesday was is that we also got a new hot tub. So the time we were supposed to record the hot show, I was, in the, I was in the hot tub watching the lightning play.
1: Maybe 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 so we got to do the hot tub episode.
0: That's a great idea. I've always wanted to do an episode hold outside. Hold the microphone
1: in the hot tub. I mean, we could do them. I guess you just got to get a laptop and just put the laptop we outside. You could do it on my laptop. Maybe we could do we could do the live stream from outside, maybe. I think that'd be great. Maybe. We'll see. We yeah. Do, we thought, anyway. I we'll can talk about doing that. So... Yeah, that's been the episode, everybody. So be sure to check out um, um, Friday's episode. I'm doing one solo. not sure what I'm doing yet. If the internet is good on my live stream, we'll see. Because there's some things I want to play that are actual videos. And they're, the videos on the podcast are just – They don't work. They don't work. So if I can do the live stream, cool. I've got to get the live stream up on Spotify. I, I will – it takes a lot. It's just, some, it's just some more work on my end on that. But – if I'm able to do that, be super cool. If not, it'll be a regular podcast as per usual. That'll come out either Friday or Saturday, depending on all of my uh, busyness of life. But thank you guys so much for listening. I will try to include some of the links down below on some of the things that we mentioned. And then there's also going to be the video of the event coming up soon. So maybe I'll t- I-, I will for sure tweet that out. So follow me on Twitter at jcenters underscore. All of the links are down below. Joe, do anything oh, else? That's all it. All right, folks. We'll see you on Friday. Take it easy.
0: Crane quality, we copy you on the ground. We got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.